Hello, everyone. This is the second episode of Frog Flicks. Coming back is Richard Edgman. It's Michelle Carter. And it's Andrew Van Husted. All right. We're going to start off this episode like we did last one with Tales from the Trade. Uh, Andrew, do you want to start us off? Uh, I can. Mine's a little um, more reality TV, so just just get, re- just get ready, y'all. Um, for anyone who's a fan of the show Big Brother, and I've watched it for many years, um, Julie Chen's been the host. But Julie Chen is also the wife of Les Moonves. And if you know a lot that's been going on with Moonves, you just know a lot of harassment, women are, being, women are accusing him of harassment, and it's just a hot mess, just like every other Me Too movement going on in Hollywood. Um, so last night, Julie Chen on a live TV and production had no idea this was coming. To sign herself off, she was like, I'm Julie Chen Moonves. And for me, I'm just like... That's crazy to hear how it goes. But it's just interesting because, like, I never really thought she would, like, after hearing what happened, I didn't know she was going to bet strong supportive of Les Moonves. I don't know what y'all think. Yeah. Sorry, this comes, like, a day or two after he's left CBS for all of this. Like, he's no longer, uh, what is it, president, CEO of CBS? And so the very next day, his wife is like, I'm Julie Chen Moonves. That's kind of a shocker. Do you know what the production response was? Um, From a a Twitter account that, like, is inside with production, apparently they had no idea what was going to happen, and they honestly were just, like, joking about it the whole time. They were like, oh, we find this funny that this happens. I don't know, like, further consequences, what's going to happen, but definitely she broke the internet. She was... Was trending last night on Twitter, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everyone was shocked. It was a big episode on Big Brother last night, but it was even bigger for Julie Chen to like say that. Like last night was the most important episode of Big Brother. If you're a Big Brother fan, it's called Double Eviction Night. It's the one that you don't want to miss if you ever watch the show. And just like honestly, it was a dull episode until Julie Chen was like, I'm Julie Chen Movez, and everyone's just like, What is going on here? You know? out. Yeah, do you think that like the bad kind of the slow episode actually helped ratings? Like now we have controversy, yeah. we can bring people back. Yeah, they probably like, she probably waited for that night in particular because it's been she's it's been a while since Les Moonves was acute. So like Julie Chen's mm-hmm. known about it. Obviously mm-hmm. the people in the house don't. This is a good night for ratings. So that I, I didn't even think about that, Richard, but that's a really good point you make. And I'm curious to see, like, what was her intention? You know, like, yeah. why did she do that? I mean, good for her if she if she wants to stand by her husband. I mean, there's no one stopping her, but I'm just curious. What was she thinking right before she said that? Yeah, it's going to be interesting in the next couple weeks or days, figuring out what's going behind, what's the what's CBS now doing, especially because he's not in charge, who takes over, mm-hmm. if there's any kind of restructuring. So, And she has other shows, right, on CBS? She participates in other things, yes. not only Big Brother? Um, she is part of the talk, and she actually took a leave from the talk this week. Oh, um, right. She announced that she wasn't going to be on the talk. She was mm-hmm. taking a break to be with her family. And then she was like, I'll be back on Thursday's episode. And even a funnier thing is the guy who went home last night, his name was Brett, and she actually mispronounced his name because it was like this whole like thing. She was announcing it all at once. She's like... And I'm here with Brent, and good night. I'm Julie Chen Muvez. So she was like preparing mm-hmm. where her brain's she at. She was preparing to say it. She knew that she needed to make the kill right there. And I'm just, I'm crazy. I don't know what's going to happen with Big Brother. It's actually not been renewed yet for next year, too. So oh. um, Celebrity Big Brother will be back, but um, for the summer, it might, mm-hmm. we don't know yet where it's going to go and all that. So this is so interesting. I mean, I've never. She's being very public about her support with her husband and everything, and obviously she's, you know, standing with her family. But I just wonder what CBS is going to do moving forward, and and 
when she comes back to the talk, maybe they're going to bring it up and see, like, well, maybe, why did you say that? And yeah, and see what's, we're going to see what's going to happen. We're going to yeah. see the tea. We'll see if the tea gets spilled, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it, all I hear is ratings. That's what I hear from y'all, too, is people are going to be watching CBS. Yeah. Don't miss the talk. Don't miss Big Brother next week is yeah. what I hear. Mm-hmm. They, they, that's really good marketing strategy. And I know reality TV is not everyone's forte, but last night, Julie Chen just... She went for it. Okay, I think that's enough about Julie yeah. Chen. Um, <laughs> who wants to go next? So kind of moving, kind of similar topic, but a little bit more optimistic. Um, you might have realized a couple weeks ago, uh, Olivia Munn came out and talked about how one of the co-stars she had in a scene in the new Predator movie, directed by Shane Black, was actually a sex offender. And she talked, told the studio, and they pulled the scene. And then she went to TIFF uh, last week and talked about how she wasn't really getting support from her cast and she felt alone. But at the L.A. premiere last night, um, the whole cast came out and supported her and said, we stand by her statements and really uh, agree with what she's saying. You had Shane Black and all of her co-stars. You even had the women, the woman who was um, in the affidavit, the one against uh, Stephen Weiler Strigel, the guy who was removed from the film. She came out and actually made herself public and said she thanked Olivia Munn and Shane Black for giving her her kind of identity back and Mm -hmm. giving her some strength. Um, And it's kind of in comparison to your Les Moonves story, this we're moving forward. Hollywood is figuring out the problems we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're they're understanding what they need to do. I it's I mean, do y'all have any thoughts on it? Anything at all? I feel like Olivia Munn has, you know, been really vocal about not only this situation in in the Predator, in the new Predator, um, but she's also been really vocal about the whole Me Too movement. I've seen her be, you know, involved in in the whole thing that's been happening since last year. And um, I'm really, I'm actually really glad that she's been able to um, get this moving forward like she's been able to move forward with with accomplishing something you know like she she was in the scene with the guy who was the registered sex offender and so she went to the studio and that the studio was able to you know pull the scene and not have it at all um i think it's actually a a really good thing and you can see positive things that are going to stem from this um i'm just really i i just can't really believe that shane black wouldn't have known i'm a little I know what he, I mean, he said something about being tricked by his friend. He took what his friend said at at face value. Um, Shane Black and this guy apparently go way back, and so Shane didn't know. Um, But I'm actually really glad that Olivia Munn was able to speak up, and then she got something accomplished out of that. And she's kind of had a history with it. She came out and kind of exposed Brett Ratner a couple years Mm -hmm, ago mm -hmm. and his kind of issues with sexual misconduct. But going to the Shane Black issue, yeah, he, he gave a statement saying that, it was an. This is an adult decision. Decision. He has responsibilities. He's the captain of the ship, and ultimately the blame comes with him. Mm-hmm. They've exchanged him and Mun have exchanged things over Twitter, but they haven't had a formal sit down. But both have said that that's next kind of in the next week or so. Yeah, they're going to actually personally meet and try and hash it out. Which I think is good that it's not just a PR move. I, it's like a personal move. I like you just said. It's good to see like you people fight on Twitter all the time, and it's just better to just sit down and talk about it mm-hmm. and just express your thoughts and concerns and then figure out okay this happened what do we do next how do we move forward as humans how do we move forward as a hollywood and entertainment industry it'll just be very nice like a personal 
conversation will be way better than just people tweeting about it being like vulgar and you know how people tweet these days yeah, they're yeah. just very attacking and personal and just it'd be nice to have a sit down conversation one on one very serious and especially since sometimes tweets don't get anywhere like you you can tweet it out and you can like you can be vocal about your your support or 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 being against the movement or whatever you want but then sometimes conversations don't stem from those tweets and nothing happens after those tweets and so being able to have that sit down and then getting you know moving forward and accomplishing things in the movement is actually a, a positive thing for hollywood right now yeah i think it's honesty over publicity is yeah. really the issue yeah, yeah. i like that a lot i think like i said publicity is just it's crazy these days man i don't know <laughs> wow okay moving on i want to shift gears a little bit and not talk about you know me too um and I don't know if you guys remember from last week, we recorded our episode on a Wednesday and we were talking about our, you know, our apprehension about the new Oscars category. We weren't sure where it was going to go. We weren't sure if we really liked it. We kind of discussed that a little bit. And then the next day, the Academy announced that they were retreating on the popular Oscar category and that they weren't going to include it in the 2019 telecast. They were going to maybe leave it for the 2020 telecast and future seasons. But um, apparently the Academy said that they were just, you know, it merits further study is what they said in their announcement, um, that it's maybe too soon to include because they hadn't had proper discussions about where it could go. And uh, so I just wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Did we call it? Did, were we were we on the dot with that one? How, how do you feel about that? I'm glad. I did not want that category at all. I do think it might going back to one might snub Black Panther from getting a like recognition it might deserve mm-hmm. um, but honestly just adding a whole other category didn't even seem necessary whatsoever to me well I think also you have to make sure that whenever you make the move it's you have definitions of what is popular exactly. yes. what is this art exactly. we had that whole conversation of popular movies versus the artistic movies that kind of get nominated but no one really sees or they just kind of fill in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this might help define those categories a lot. But also you have they want to still trim the Oscars down to like three hours tight. Yeah. And they want to yeah, get rid yeah. of some of these more artistic ones. And it's Because they also want to show Yeah, they want to <laughs> it, it is. They want to cut down the time of the telecast and have six to eight categories be announced during commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you're bringing in a new category, it 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 also kind of fights against that in in you know I'm, when there are no parameters still of what that means i hadn't thought about just the the function of production time right we mm-hmm. only have three hours we can't and the popular movie you have to spend 10 minutes right it's yeah. as big as your best picture so it's it's got to go near the end of the film and you, like it, at, there's at the time. end of the telecast there's yeah. only so much time we have to exactly actually show. and you know how they do you know when when it's major categories they're presenting clips throughout the night and so they're doing that for the best films and they do, you know, the musical presentations. And so cutting down on categories during commercials, but introducing a new one just doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense to me time-wise. You know what I mean? Like it just, I need, I think they just need to define it better. And, you know, I've been reading a lot, uh, a bunch of tweets and, and a bunch of from different sources like Entertainment Weekly and, and The Hollywood Reporter that there were several Academy members that just kind of came out and they were like, nah, we don't like this new one either. I mm-hmm. think we should redefine the parameters and like figure out, you know, what we were talking about, what it means, what, how to even 
nominate a film for this category? Like, what is what does that look like? So I'm actually also glad that they're canceling it, at least for this season. We can't get rid of our 10 opening minutes of song and dance numbers. Of course. That has never, to stay. But never, like, yes. I wish they wouldn't consider getting rid of, like, all the eight aesthetically pleasing categories right. like best editing best cinematography best I love those and like those people deserve much recognition for their hard work as mm-hmm. the best actors and best actresses in my well opinion. it kind of goes to your point of are we actually judging filmmaking or are we judging popular and stardom yeah because then we should get rid of the best picture and have most popular right. and have best actors because people are watching it for the pretty faces not for the filmmaking <sighs> Yeah. And you know, like strictly, like strictly production time wise, like if you ask me, I would even take out all the musical numbers. Like I don't need to oh see all gosh. of these. Like I know that was, how much money do you waste yeah. in doing that? You have yeah. to do the, the you know, preparing time. You have to have writers. You have to set up all these, you know, set pieces you know, and yeah, things. Yeah, it's elaborate, and so I would just even. I, you know, and and like I don't know. Sometimes I'm just remembering Lady Gaga's. Um, uh, Sound of Music tribute because it was like what the 50th 40th anniversary of the film I don't rem- really remember but she's saying I don't know seven minutes of all the songs she did like a whole medley and so that's like five to seven minutes that you can use for something else she did a great job and it was a beautiful tribute yeah you can't but, complain like, about you can't oh, no, complain no, no. about Lady Gaga she was, she was great but like things like that that just take up so much time <laughs> yeah. that like it doesn't really make sense if you're trying to take away and add new categories well that one makes sense because now whoever broadcasts it has seven minutes of Lady Gaga footage they own yeah <laughs> like those, that YouTube yes. revenue pays for itself <laughs> oh for sure. sure for sure um, I just wanted to ask you all a question I know we kind of talked about it last week but do you think possibly a way to get the Oscars to go a little faster is cutting down the best picture number from 10 to five do we need 10 pick 10 movies to be nominated for best picture no but at the same time i i've felt i've agreed over the years with the academy with the movies that they do nominate i know that we talked last week about you know there's obviously nine that are not going to win and there will always be nine you know four whatever the number is that are not going to win but i've I've found that movies have been getting a lot better over the years. And so it's hard for me to disregard a movie that might deserve it rather just for a number like a numbers purpose. Okay. You know, like I did really like um I did like The Darkest Hour that you said it wasn't it was obvious okay. it wasn't going to win. I know it was obvious it wasn't going to yeah. win. But I did like that and I would like to see it nominated for things that it really does deserve. So like cutting down the number is hard for me. But maybe, I mean, maybe it can be eight. Maybe it can be seven. Like, it doesn't have to be ten. I think last year it was nine. I think it was, was yeah. it nine? It was nine. And okay. so not, they have options of five to ten. So right. however many oh, they feel. Oh, okay. Um, so it's hard for me just to keep it at five. But I think that could help. It could. I can see how it can help. For I sure. just think they need more kind of unity of, like, how many mm-hmm. best best actors or best actresses they have. They should have the same number in that category as best, best picture. But I don't think you'll see any changes this year just because they don't – they've already said they might make a change. They took it back. Yeah. This year will be probably pretty standard. It's going to be just like before. Let's not – let's work on time rather than format. I think they're going to get that down. Mm-hmm. And then next year – I think 2020 is when they're really going to start messing with stuff. And I think – and I think, yeah, I think if they the, – the, my issue with, like, if it's five best actors, uh, best actresses, and, you know, five in those categories and five films, you're going to have the same five always in those categories. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, yes. but I feel like, um, for the most part, the ones who win in those categories have their films nominated for best film. It's not like – it's not – it's usually not like there's somebody from one X film – 
that's going to be nominated for Best Actor, but their film isn't going to be nominated for Best Film. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like... So with with adding more in that in the best film category, you give the chance for other movies to be recognized that um, that are not in the typical five category, like the typical five ones because of best film, like okay. actor and actress and stuff like see that. that. Yeah, fair enough. I see that. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I think cl- I think closer to the 100 years of the Academy. I'm hoping that this because this next year is going to be um, the 91st Oscar. So hope hopefully by the 92nd they're gonna. 92nd, 93rd, 90, uh, you know, 94th. I'm hoping, like, by Oscars 100, it's going to be, like, the perfect formula. I would love to see it. It's going to be a big year. So I'm hoping they get their, their act together, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what buzz do you guys have? What, do you, what have you guys been watching? What do you recommend for our audience? So I saw The Nun this week. It, it came out last weekend. I went and saw it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? So got a nice start on the Halloween season. It's a little, a little early for most people. But, I mean, for those of us who need our, who wish Halloween was all year long, mm-hmm. it's a nice little taste. It, kind of along the conjuring lines, it's not big jump scares. It's more that atmospheric horror. Um, nice, well-done set pieces where you can see the setup coming a little earlier than you'd like, you're, especially if you're trained in how those movies kind of go. Mm-hmm. You can see it. But while you're watching it, it's done very well production-wise. Okay. You can you're, all the moves they're making, they're making them as best they can, and I think that's really impressive. And it it kind of sets a nice bar of mm-hmm. you can, especially with like the Suspiria remake and these Halloween remakes coming yeah, out. Yeah. That w- there is a, a, a talent level in horror movies now. It's not just the Blumhouse or the direct-to-video uh-huh. mm-hmm. kind of. There is a, a range now that we can enjoy, and I think that's really fun. Also coming out yesterday, or is it today? Technically today. Today, the Netflix is releasing the new season of American Vandal mm-hmm. and the new season of BoJack Horseman. That's right. I'm hyped for both. I love them both. But American Vandal is so good. That kind of documentary, true crime, mm-hmm. like for just a TV buff like myself, it's perfect. It walks that line of absolutely serious in how they're taking the show. That's and true, yeah. the <laughs> absurdity of the content mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. You kind of have that with BoJack Horseman as well. It's this kind of animated, silly show that deals with very personal and dark storylines yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of cut real deep. Um, but I'm going to be busy this weekend. About y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, real quick, a uh, question for you. Um, is the How is the characters in American Vandal? And is it, are they going to be different characters in the second season? Did they complete the the first season? Was that just one whole story? So what they're, they're from what I understand, it's going to be the same production people, the, the, the same kids who did the storyline in the first. Mm-hmm. But they're now going to a different high school where they're going to be looking at a incident involving poop. So it's very much <laughs> in the same strain okay. as the first season, for those that remember. Interesting. The first season started off with who drew, who spray-painted dicks all over the teacher's cars at the end of the summer and trying to figure out if one of the kids who was kind of the fool or the class clown did it as all the teachers claimed mm-hmm. and trying to prove his innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited for it where it goes. Um, it kind of they understand the genre really well. So yes, I'd absolutely. love to see if they can keep it up in the second season. Absolutely. Andrew, what are you watching? Um, I well, besides reality TV with Big Brother, <laughs> um, I haven't been really watching much, but I have um, able to had the opportunity to talk to uh, the CEO of Legion Legion. Um, which is the company that is helping put on the movie Mandy. Oh, the new um, Panos Cosmatos film. Yes, that one. Um, it, I think it's going to be really interesting. It stars Nicolas Cage, and it has to do with more of a psychological thriller. He meets this young woman, and they kind of connect, but the more he talks to her, it's like more of a supernatural. 
vibe to it. I think it'll be really good. Um, when I was talking to the CEO about it, he said two things to look out for. One is the framing of every shot because apparently mm-hmm. each shot looks like it could be something that you could just screenshot and just hang oh, up. Wow. And so who knows? You might all want to just find a scene with Nicolas Cage, screenshot <laughs> it, print it, and put it up in your uh, dorm or something. The meme potential's already there. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you know it, Richard. We got, we got the meme potentials coming. And the other thing to watch out for is this is... Um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I'm so sorry, but Joan Johansson, the musical composer. Oh, yeah, this um, is his last film. This is film. his last film. Before he passed away. Before he passed away yeah. in February. The guy I was talking to said, definitely pay attention to the sound. Like, it's going to surprise you. Every, you could watch this movie one or seven times. I think that's, quote, what he said. Um, and it's going to be an interesting thing. So, yeah, I talked to him a little bit. The only other, the show I watched this weekend was The Greatest Showman because it's on HBO. So HBO is getting a lot of new recent content. Mm -hmm. Phantom Thread is coming out in two weeks. I think Shape of Water comes out next weekend. So HBO is going to be getting a lot of more of that content. We saw it at the Oscars Mm -hmm. a year ago. But um, I don't really want to get in too deep about this, but I just did not was not a fan of Greatest Showman. Uh, lack of character development. Songs were good, but I just felt like there could have been way more with that. Plus, plus, if it's the first time you're watching it after Oscar season yeah. and you've heard already so much about it, it's just a little extra. <laughs> Did you just kind of watch it by yourself? Because I think I thought yeah. I think a fun part of that movie was going to the theater and having like an audience kind of enjoy that that actual showmanship. Is it parent? But when you're just sitting at your couch, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have that connection. But, like, yeah. do you really want to be hearing, like, 10-year-olds singing along in the movie theater to This Is Me, which was a really good song. But still, it's just like, I remember when Frozen was in theaters and all those people would be singing Let It Go. For me, it's just maybe go do my own thing. Don't have to sing or listen to the sing-along mm-hmm. that's going along with it. But, yeah. Only Rocky Horror. Maybe, <laughs> maybe only Rocky Horror. All right, Michelle, what about you? What's your buzz? Um... Well, I haven't been watching much either other than I've been re-watching Community, and so it's funny. There's episodes on there where they discuss, you know, Ovid's whole obsession with Nicolas Cage. And so I, I see things that we've been talking about in the past few weeks in in episodes of Community. And it's just I love, you know, how it's written. I love its witty comedy. I just I think it's light, and it's like a fun thing to see. And I've seen the whole seasons, all the seasons, but I, I'm just... Rewatching and I'm just, you know, liking it again as much as I did the first time. But um, I, I do have a little bit of buzz about things that I'm really excited for. Um, in the last week, the season three trailer of True Detective came out. That's the um, true crime HBO show that Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson starred in in 2014. That was a great, it had a great first season with them. And then it kind of you know, didn't do as well in its second season with actors like Colin Farrell and Rachel McAdams. And, you know, it was a kind of disappointing second season. And so it's taken a long time for them to pick up and, you know, find a story arc for the third season. But finally, we have the trailer for it. And it stars Mahershala Ali. He's the one who won the um, Oscar a couple years ago Mm -hmm. for Moonlight. And um, it's really interesting because... It shows him as, you know, a young detective, and then it shows him also as an old man, kind of remembering um, all of the things that he's seen and kind of going through his experience as a police officer. And so I'm really excited for it. It looks really dark and gritty, just like the first season did. And so I'm, I'm really excited for that one. And then also today on Hulu, as a Hulu original, um, a show called The First was dropped today. That's the one that stars Sean Penn, and it's about the first manned mission to Mars. And I've got to say, I mean, I watched the first 10 minutes of the first episode. That probably tells a lot. (laughs) I mean, it really does. It's really broody Sean Penn. 
shirtless Sean Penn, which isn't necessary at all. I want to keep going because I'm interested in the storyline, but even the first 10 minutes were choppy. I've read a bunch of different articles that say just kind of avoid it. I'm curious, but I don't expect much out of it at all. It's Sean Penn. You're going to have to report back next week to see if it's a I pass. will. I, I mean, will. It's, I mean, the whole first season dropped today, so... And I know the lead actress asked to leave her old show just to make this one about, you know, this whole story. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm a little disappointed for her because if the show's not going to do well, then can she go back to her old show? I'm not sure, you know. She may have to. She may have she to. at least ask. But, <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. But going to True Detective, did you get any, like, supernatural vibes? Because I know that was a big kind of criticism from, like, the first to second season mm-hmm. is, you know, you have the Yellow King in the first season. That's right. And That's it, right. you get a little hint. It never goes full. You have that kind of last scene. Yeah. And it always questions, but you never get an answer. But season two was very kind of just dark cop show. Yeah. And, and it, it wanted to, it seemed like it, it touched on supernatural stuff, but it always backed away when it came to an answer. Oh, it totally did. I didn't, so, yeah. So what and about... I, the, I did feel, though, that the for season three, it's going to be a dark cop show. I don't. I didn't really get the supernatural vibe. Maybe it wasn't just flat out explained or shown, um, but it's more of, like, character depth, more than maybe supernatural or maybe the case itself. Because we do, the, the, the trailer focuses a lot on Mahershala Ali, more than showing us maybe what it's going to be about. It's showing him and scenes of him just, you know, being, like, deep, like Matthew McConaughey was in that first season. Um, and so you see him as a, you know, as a young man, as an old man, and so it's really going to center around him a lot. You, you bring up the old man, young man. All I can think of is the time is a circle line. Yeah, yeah, right? that's like, true. That's like, true. Bring it back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what it looks like. It doesn't, I mean, it's a short trailer. Obviously, you can't get that much out of it. Um, but it's gonna. It looks good. I know it drops in January. So is it supposed to um, promote? Do you think the trailer is like promoting uh, Ali a lot? Do you think that's the goal? Is it a publicity strategy? I don't think so. I think it's just trying to get you excited because it's been a few years since season two, and you know we don't know. We for many years it wasn't um, renewed for a season three. We weren't sure where it was going, and so now the fact that it's coming back alone. I think it's just to get you hyped for whatever craziness comes in January. That's, that's I awesome. really think it's HBO's ability to get these kind of Oscar award-winning actors. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have more pull than yeah. like a Netflix or oh, yeah. Really yeah. Like a Hulu. Really They're coming has. on the rise. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we are about out of time. Um, so I guess this is just your final reminders to uh, follow us on Twitter. Our uh, handle is at FrogFlix. And it, feel free to leave us a comment, subscribe, give us a tweet. If any you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, we'd love to hear what you all have to say. So thank you guys for coming in today. Also, check out TCU360. We're posting um, movie reviews every week. And so if you're interested, we reviewed, you know, Black Klansman, Operation Finale, uh, The Nun. We're, we're coming out with two, two new ones this week, this upcoming week. So just check it out and let us know what you think. Right, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Bye.